The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran. The law of love is an eternal law. Prior to conscious evolution, organisms evolved through the survival of the most cooperative clusters of molecules, cells, animals, and humans. But the process was not self-conscious. One cooperative cluster often survived at the expense of another. As we graduate from unconscious to conscious evolution, we begin to render visible the invisible hand of God. Individuals gain vast power. The world becomes increasingly interdependent. The old, childish ways of one group winning at the expense of another cause destruction to winner and loser alike. Everyone loses when society is structured such that winner exploits the losers for all members of one body. Henceforth, life will require synergy to work. Synergy joins together separate parts to form a whole, one greater than, different from, and unpredictable from the sum of the parts. Synergy aids us in overcoming our so-called enemies by including them in the creation of a whole society, which benefits them more than any partial victory of one over another. We move beyond competition beyond coexistence, and even beyond cooperation to co-creation as individuals, communities, nations, and the world. Synergy is pragmatic. Nature works through synergy. These are words from the renowned author, teacher, and visionary Barbara Marks Hubbard in her new book, The Evolutionary Testament of Co-Creation, The Promise Will Be Kept. It's a new book that builds upon the great themes of the New Testament, showing how they are now manifesting in our power to destroy or restore the earth and in the capacity of individuals and societies to evolve. Barbara Marks Hubbard has been called the voice of conscious evolution. She has been featured as the subject of Neil Donald Walsh's book, The Mother of Invention. And many would agree that Barbara is the world's foremost global ambassador for conscious change. Barbara Marks Hubbard is not an idealist, nor does she believe that social and planetary change is simple, but she does believe that humanity has the tools, fortitude, and resolve to take the leap towards conscious evolution. I'd like to welcome Barbara Marks Hubbard to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you, Barbara, for creating this book, The Evolutionary Testament of Co-Creation. I'm looking forward to diving into this promise that will be kept Will you tell me a little bit about what promise you're writing about? Well, the promise is if we were to activate our spiritual, social, scientific, technological potential as a species, if this crisis could be an evolutionary driver to realize our potential, 
personally, collectively, scientifically, I think we would find a new world. And <clears throat> the most interesting thing about this new world is that it is already arising in our midst. It is already embodied in social and spiritual innovations everywhere, every culture, every field, everywhere. However, it is not the news. The news is what's breaking down. So what we're advocating here is the news of what's breaking through that actually is new. Well, what is new is the collective potential when you put spiritual, social, scientific, technological, and that it's already emergent, but it's not yet connected. And that's where that passage you read has to do with how to develop synergy among the separate parts of our already emerging social body. Now, this book is very grounded in the New Testament, and you took the writings of Jesus and his sentiments to really bring about what you see as the future of our profound change. It's very old in its simplicity and its truth from what he spoke, but yet you're interpreting it in this way for a new world to come into aliveness. What brought you to this awareness that these truths and principles that Jesus spoke are so relevant, even more so today than perhaps they even were then? Well, first of all, to say we're the first generation who could read the New Testament with evolutionary eyes because we didn't know that we were evolving until the 60s, really. Cosmogenesis came in in the 1960s. So before that, even Einstein thought it was an eternal universe. Changeless, perfect, like Newton did. So here we are suddenly realizing the universe has been, is now, and is evolving through us, and that everything we do is affecting our own evolution, and we could destroy our evolutionary potential and and devolve as a whole species. Well, this is radically new, but what I got as a member originally of the World Future Society and as a student of the growing edge of innovation and creativity and working with um, the work of Teilhard de Chardin and Abraham Maslow and Dr. Jonas Salk, who was a dear friend of mine and was able to reveal to me the biological growing edge. He took me to a biological laboratory where they had on the front door stamp out physical death. Now, I'm not saying we're going to be able to do that or should, but that's what they were doing. And, and people are really working on radical, radical changes. And probably the most important of all is radical changes in artificial intelligence, which could create intelligence far greater than we've ever had in some dimensions, as in computers. So most people are not even aware of the growing edge in health, education, economics, science and technology, new energy systems, etc. But when you get to be aware of those things, and then you read the New Testament with what I call evolutionary perspective or evolutionary eyes, you see that what it is said Jesus did, even in the miracles, in the resurrection of, from the dead, in... <clears throat> producing in abundance in his new deepest spiritual 
know, Sermon on the Mount. And then you take him through the crucifixion, the three days in the tomb, to the resurrection, and you see he emerges in a new, <clears throat> a new body that's able to be able to appear and disappear. And you apply that story to new potentials of humanity. And you get the vision that Jesus came in to evolve humanity by demonstrating the new human. You very much speak about synergy throughout the book. And synergy has to do with free will. There's a line where you say we need the arenas where individuals can be invited in and will respond of their own free will. Do not, right. uh, do not pour new wine into old bottles. And that we have to build new systems for synergistic action through which attracted individuals can create their heart's desire. When we talk about that free will and we talk about freedom, particularly in this day and time, there is an illusion of freedom, and in some cases there is real freedom, but does there need to be an awareness of how we are imprisoned, albeit by ourselves, by our own making, but do we need to become aware of that and how we've come to that or what we need to do to move beyond that in order to really embrace some of these ideas of truth and principle that are coming through in your, in your work. Say that again, please. I'm sorry. I had to tell somebody to call later. Do we need to really understand how we have imprisoned ourselves and how we have limited ourselves in terms of our free will in, in order to really get to a place of freedom and true synergistic action and energy together? I think we do. And, and one of the first things we need is to be able to understand the evolutionary story of creation and place ourselves in the story. Because if you think of starting at the Big Bang, which is complete mystery, that in the first few seconds we had the pattern for energy, matter, life, and universe altogether. That is simply stunning. And that out of that Big Bang came the formation of the universe and eventually... 13.8 billion years ago, after many, many billions of years, came Earth, and Earth was a rock. And it looked like it had no life whatsoever, and it didn't. And then come these little microorganisms coming out of the rock. <laughs> totally mm. stunning. Forming DNA and then microorganisms that began to you know, fertilize the rock with life. And then you just take it the ecosphere, the biosphere, the, the animal sphere, <clears throat> the vegetation, going on up to animals, humans, and us. If you see it as I see it, as a continuous story of creation with intention, direction, and purpose, and you see yourself as incarnating that purpose, then you really have something. There is an underlying presence. There is an ever-evolving energy that is unfolding if we would simply get out of the way and stop persisting. You write that we're all being changed, that we do all have the power of what we call gods. But in that power, Barbara, can we equally destroy as we can build? Yes, and I think that is the critical situation, that the very same powers that could build 
new and better worlds on this earth and eventually in space could also destroy us. So that's why we are the first generation to be aware of evolution, to be aware we're affecting it, to where we could devolve through our own actions or evolve, that we could shift from fear to love by our own thoughts. All of that is so and new at the scale in which it is true. One of the greatest teachings of Jesus has been that of non-judgment and forgiveness, yet we seem to be in the most judgmental time in history and the place where most people are having an issue with forgiveness, especially with what they see on the news, with the issues that they see plaguing their communities and society and the world. How do we utilize these truths? at a time that were written then, to really apply them to get to a place of non-judgment, tolerance, and true forgiveness? You know, that's a very, very deep question. I think one of the ways that, that I've been doing it and teaching it is when I realize that there's a life impulse that is 13.8 billion years old, starting from the origin of creation, and that that life impulse has been, um, you might say, intending, struggling, working to create a world in which each person can incarnate that impulse, can awaken to that love, and that it's a big labor to create a universe. So I'm going on God's side now. (laughs) If I were God, I would realize I had made the decision, I, universal process of creation, had made the decision to create co-creators. Now, a co-creator is one who incarnates the creative force of the universe as their own passion to evolve. Now, as universal intelligence offering that after it took 13.8 billion years to get there, we're still very new at being the conscious participant in evolution. We did not know. Those, and this is where I, coining the new phrase, the global evolutionary family of humanity. There are people everywhere who know this, who have not only forgiveness in their heart, but creativity in their heart. And this doesn't mean that we forgive the bombing of terrorists in Paris, for example. No, we have to stop it. But then we go further and say, what is happening within those people that we can understand? Forgiveness is too small a word for this. And the more we can actually explore what is really happening inside of people, the more those of us who are members of the global evolutionary family will be able to respond creatively rather than simply trying to respond in a negative or power-oriented way. And it's very interesting with ISIS. The dilemma of ISIS is if you attempt to bomb them to hell, so to speak, you might create more of it. It's like cancer. You You can't deal with cancer by just bombing it. So how do you evolve it? What do you do? I personally think the answer is going to be by awakening our own creative potential en masse. 
and we, we become so much more attractive than ISIS. But right now, liberal democracy is not attractive. We're not attractive. <laughs> I mean, as a culture, we see our own faults, and that's good. But we have to be able to be passionately, vocationally aroused by the impulse, like I am. I'm passionate about it. I, I could put myself in contact with somebody from ISIS who is working for the apocalyptic death to get to God. As I would be saying there's another way to get to God is incarnate the creative force. And that when you do, you turn on and you become more. See, that's the way to deal with it. And I think then you have to know how to say no and, st- and protect yourself. But I don't think pure force can annihilate it. Create new ground for synergy, places where those attracted to building new worlds on Earth or new worlds in space can work together. We need arenas where individuals can be invited in and will respond to their own free will. Build new systems for synergistic action through which attracted individuals can create their heart's desires. Only free individuals co-creating freely, attracted by a transcendent possibility, rewarded, rewarded by the acts of creation every step of the way, and guided by an inner sense that all humans are members of one body, can build new worlds. This is so from beautiful. the book. You know, the Evolution I, I just love that book. Of co-creation by Barbara Marks Hubbard. She's known for decades around the world as a social and spiritual innovator, and she believes that humanity has the tools, the fortitude, and the resolve to take the leap towards conscious evolution. Her new book reveals how each of us can use our Christ-like powers to create a positive future for the planet. She says there's a range of opinion as to whether we are declining rapidly and perhaps irreversibly toward irreparable global environmental or economic catastrophe, or whether our crisis are leading us toward a positive future. Both scenarios, as well as many variations, are possible. You can find out more at Evolve.org, and Barbara Marks Hubbard will be appearing at Falkirk Cultural Center in San Rafael tonight on this leap year night of February at 7 p.m., you can also find out more at Evolve.org about a free communion call that is held every month, every other Sunday uh, with the Evolutionary Family. So go to Evolve.org to find out more. We'll be right back with Barbara Marks Hubbard. America Seventh Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. 
people all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts in topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Today marks the brand new release of the newest issue of 1111 Magazine, focusing in on darkness to light. There are some amazing voices and information in this current issue. You can discover about the Eight Laws of Change by Stephen Schwartz, the beauty and healing of music by Barry Goldstein, the energetic movement of the divine spine and the divine line of light by Alea Deo, and the voices of millennials as they speak out their truth, their heart, their minds, their visions for the future. Find out more at imsimran.com, and you can register to receive all information about 1111 Magazine and all archived free shows on 1111 Talk Radio. My guest today is Barbara Marks Hubbard. She is a prolific author and educator and has written seven books on social and planetary evolution. She has produced, hosted, and contributed to countless documentaries seen by millions of people around the world. In conjunction with the Shift Network, Barbara co-produced the Worldwide Birth 2012, which was a multimedia event that was seen as a historic turning point in exposing the social, spiritual, scientific, and technological potential in humanity. From her book, The Evolutionary Testament of Co-Creation, co-creators can perform miracles, converting pessimists and the sick of heart to joy, expectation, and anticipation for the new. The modern miracle of mass communications amplifies this process. Television, radio, and social media serve as the nervous system of the social body. Presently, the newscasters are still immature, reporting pain, violence, dissension, and breakdown as the news. When eventually the mass media provides reports of breakthroughs, success, innovation, acts of caring and creativity, it will transform despair to hope and activate the pent-up power in millions. The conversion of the mass media holds the power to activate our new cycle of growth. This is from the book, The Evolutionary Testament of Co-Creation. The promise will be kept. You can find out more about Barbara Marks Hubbard, this book, and all of her programs at Evolve.org. Welcome back, Barbara. I want to go first back into a little bit about what you said in regard to our creative capacity and our ability to bring in a new world if we would simply dive into that creative force that evolves through us from the ever-evolving source. Is it 
that so much of the energy that we're putting into things is towards the old story, the negativity, the influences that would have us look in a direction of destruction rather than in places of new birth. And if we are to focus our energy in places of new birth, are we simply turning a blind eye to the negativity that does exist? You know, it's a very uh, good analogy to think of a newborn baby. So here is a story that you could make an analogy. Humans have been growing in the womb of Earth, in planet Earth, for these thousands and thousands of years until we hit a limit to growth and we can't continue to grow in the same way. That's really true. And it's like a baby cannot continue to grow in the womb. It will kill itself and its mother. In a certain time frame, it was fine. It needed to be in the womb of Earth. We need, I mean, we needed to be in the womb of Earth like the baby needed to be a certain length of time in the womb of the mother. Otherwise, it gets aborted. You know, if it's premature, it will get aborted. And if it's too late, it will die. I think the same is true of us. If, if we tried to do all of this prematurely, we couldn't get it done. We would destroy the baby's growth in the womb. But on the other hand, if we wait too long, we'll die. So I think we're born precisely as a planetary species during the shift from growing in the womb of Earth with self-centered consciousness to being informed by a global universal consciousness of evolution and holding within ourselves, like in the palm of our hands, our cell phones. Just that. When I hold my iPhone in the palm of my hand, I realize I can click on the wisdom of the world. Ask any question, I can find out. Contact, there's seven, over 7 billion people with cell phones. Okay. Can you imagine that being aware that there was 1 billion people on Facebook in one day? Mark Zuckerman told us, one day, that's one-seventh of the human race connected on Facebook. One more little shift of that becoming aligned in our yearning to create, to do more, to be more, that's not idealistic at all. You know why? Because every, every organism on Earth wants to realize its potential. So the humans now alive at the time of this shift from growing in the womb of Earth without conscious evolution to restoring the earth, freeing the people, exploring our deeper spirituality, our deeper social potential, and the universe of billions of galaxies. You see, you ha- it's idealistic. It's not idealistic. Evolution is not idealistic. It's not a good idea. It is a process of creation of awesome mystery. And we're all in it. And we've changed the phase of evolution from devil. And if we continue to grow as we have been growing, we will destroy the earth and we need to know that. But if we evolve to realize spiritual, social, scientific, and technological potential, which is to say nanotechnology, biotechnology, quantum computing, artificial intelligence, zero-point energy, well then, folks... You add that to your spiritual and social capabilities, you are a new species. And I call the new species Homo universalis. 
It's a universal species that Earth is giving birth to right now. That's what I think. So when we look at the analogy of giving birth and we think about that experience, it is one that in natural childbirth there will be pain, there will be blood, there will be contractions, there will be all of these other things. And then at the moment of birth, it's as if the pain wasn't there or you forget because you have this beautiful new life in front of you. Exactly. And you know the baby, when it's first born, is not happy. 90% of the time, the newborn is crying. Well, it was comfortable in the womb. And now it went through the birth canal, which is uncomfortable, which I think we could say we're in. And then when the baby's first born, it's panicked. It's never breathed. It's never eliminated, and it's never nursed. It could die very quickly in the first few hours if it's not handled well. It's a most vulnerable moment. And what's also true is that if that baby can be held in the arms of its mother, and the reason we nurse babies is we put them, their heads on the left side, on the left arm, right over the heart. And I have been told that the reason we do that is if the newborn hears the heart, feels the heartbeat of its mother, it connects its nervous system so it realizes it's okay and it opens its eyes and smiles. We're right at the stage of a planetary birth. If we connect each other in love, if we feel our impulse of creativity together, whatever that means, however many of us is required to do that, I think we'll find enough people waking up to wanting to realize their potential, that we will overcome the structures of separation. We have social structures that put us in silos and that structure every big function into top-down model like the Vatican with the Catholic Church. Look at that top-down model. If you think of corporations, top-down models. Now, at the growing edge of everything, whether it be the church or the corporation or the university, they're moving out of the structured, but they have to move out of the existing social systems to do it. So you can become a new educator. You can become uh, someone who is totally engaged in the environment. But you have to move out of the structures of competition, domination, and control that have more or less run the world up till now. So you might say we're getting out of the womb into the new world. So, Barbara, would you say that some of these things that are taking place are actually a rebalancing? If you look at the Bible, there are many stories where there were times of destruction and flood and things were completely taken away, are we simply going through the process of self-organizing and some of that self-organizing is just not going to be so pretty? Well, I don't think we're going back to anything any more than the baby goes back into the womb to feel better. There's no way that we can go back. We have already too many people on earth. We already have the seas rising. We already have the fossil fuels contaminating our climate and leading to climate change that's very serious. You can't go back. And nor did this happen before. 
at this scale. Never. So there's no going back. And that, that is an illusion. Go, the only answer is to live extremely deeply in the present moment to see what's devolving and move towards what's evolving in your personal life, in your social action, and in the world. No, we're not going back. And I don't even think it's a mistake that we're overgrowing the womb of Earth because we didn't know. When I graduated from Bryn Mawr College in 1951, one of my professors said, well, all our problems have been solved. And basically what women in that generation, I got married in 1951, is get married and have as many babies as possible. By 1960, we had heard about the population limits on Earth. One more generation of doubling the population will kill everything. So I think something began to happen inside the woman even at the, at the unconscious level, where she is no longer to reproduce up to maximum. Well, I think we're shifting from maximum reproduction to beginning the process of co-evolution. And we're going from maximum procreation toward co-creation. And that often the first to feel this is in the feminine form because we're so used to be able to have babies. Our bodies are designed for pregnancy and birth. That's the real difference between us and men. So since we're not going to be able to have maximum babies ever again and survive, unless there's a total total destruction, and even then it wouldn't, wouldn't work. So this means, I think, and this is what's happened to me, I'm 86 years old, that the feminine co-creator is waking up to the divine impulse within her to create, to express, to be more, love more, do more. And she's giving birth to the new archetype of the feminine self. And she's very attracted to the masculine co-creator, hoping that he also will join with her in a new form of what I call telerotic union. That's a word I made up. Telos and eros. Eros is juicy love. And telos is high purpose. So telerotic means you're filled with juicy love for high purpose. And when you, when you hit that stage, you really are looking to join genius with others rather than to join genes. You don't want more babies. And if you're living longer lives like me, you're obviously not going to have more babies. So what are you going to do? You're going to become creative. That's it. As we learn to live beyond our planet, to overcome involuntary aging and to regenerate, we can develop bodies comparable to the resurrected body of Jesus. There is no reason to assume that, with our particular version, nature has stopped evolving new bodies. The 13.8 billion year trend has been to produce new bodies as consciousness expands, as attested to by the quantum leaps from fish to amphibian to mammal. The body of Homo sapiens sapiens differs from that of earthly humanoids, and the body of Homo universalis will also be different from ours. Evolution moves toward higher consciousness and greater creative freedom, producing bodies that are ever more sensitive to thought. Barbara Marks Hubbard was placed in nomination for the Vice Presidency of the United States on the Democratic Party ticket. 
She called for the creation of a peace room to scan for, map, connect, and communicate what is working in America and around the world. She also co-chaired a number of Soviet American citizen summits, including a new concept called SINCON to foster synergistic convergence between opposing groups. In addition, she co-founded the World Future Society and the Association for Global New Thought. I would say Barbara Marks Hubbard is an example, birthing creative capacity. Find out more about her and her book, The Evolutionary Testament of Co-Creation, The Promise Will Be Kept, at Evolve.org. You can see her tonight at Falkirk Cultural Center in San Rafael, and also find out about the free communion call that's held every other Sunday with the Evolutionary Family. Again, this is all information on Evolve.org. We'll be right back with Barbara Marks Hubbard and the Evolutionary Testament of Co-Creation. Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts in topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. If the financial markets interest you, if you want to potentially earn a higher return, if you're not satisfied with your investment returns, or if you're only making 1% on your investments sitting in the bank, do you see the stock market hitting record highs but feel you have no one to trust? Voice America. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. I invite you to check out my own books, Conversations with the Universe, Your Journey to Enlightenment, and Your Journey to Love. In addition to the new 1111 Magazine, you can find out about all of those things 
at imsimran.com. My guest today is Barbara Marks Hubbard. She is the foremost global voice for conscious evolution. She has released a book entitled The Evolutionary Testament of Co-Creation and is known around decade as a social and spiritual innovator. As she delves deeply into the Gospels, according to Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John, the Acts of the Apostles, and the Epistles, Barbara Marks Hubbard brings to the 21st century the message of Jesus' teaching from 2,000 years ago. She discovered that Jesus was not only a revolutionary, but an evolutionary. And she describes for her readers how to achieve the Christ state as individuals as a part of the human race. She calls this collective transformation the Planetary Pentecost, a life-affirming alternative to Armageddon. The author of the definitive biography of Hubbard and the contributor of the foreword to the Evolutionary Testament of Co-Creation is Neil Donald Walsh, who also wrote uh, Barbara Marks Hubbard as a subject of one of his books, The Mother of Invention. Barbara, I want to ask you, I had read about your nomination for vice presidency back in 1984, and if we look at the state of today's politics, because I know in, in, in some place in the book I read a statement where you talk about this being either we're at the last Trump and the trumpet is sounding for our generation. And so I have to ask <laughs> the last Trump. Somebody thought I meant Donald Trump. <laughs> no. But, you know, it was such a play on words, and if we look at the different people that are running and if we look at the different stances that are, that are being made right now, because of your involvement in politics in the past, I'd love to just have your perspective on where does politics in itself need to evolve to? Because what we're looking at right now is not so different than what we've always seen. And and in some cases, it's a little more extreme because now the anger, the upset, the chaos is almost erupting even more through even candidates that are exhibiting themselves. So talk a little bit about how you feel the political climate is and what this book can assist people in doing in really being clear in their choices for a better evolution of this country. I, I think we're either at the threshold of an evolving democracy itself or devolution into a more authoritarian culture. And this is, happens in evolution. Either you have a, a structure that can evolve the system, and if you don't, you often get a controlling or diabolical structure like Nazism. So here's what I feel is happening, that liberal democracy has run its course. It does not work because it's a win-lose structure. It was a lot better than killing people in the monarchy. Robert's Rules of Order, Parliamentary Procedure, win-lose voting is a tremendous advance for the human species. However, we're in a global phase where we need cooperation, co-creation, and synergy, which means connecting separate parts to make a new whole. You cannot do that in the structure of democracy. You can't do it. So we're getting lesser people running because anyone who would be like you or me could not function well in that structure. And it's too hard to try to evolve that structure. So what I think is happening in many, many ways, is we're evolving a new self-organizing system of connecting what's creative through Internet and other means worldwide. 
And the Internet is our new nervous system. It's grown in the last 10 to 15 years. <clears throat> and my, my own impulse is to, as rapidly as possible, connect that which is creative, loving, and good on the Internet as well as locally till we can begin to see the pattern of the emerging culture already in our midst with a nervous system and a self-organizing system on Internet that can connect anyone anywhere in the world who wants to give their gift to the emerging culture and also wants to become more of that culture themselves. And we're calling that becoming a co-founder of the global evolutionary family of pioneering souls. And that's what I think can happen. And according to how many of us say yes to participating in that evolutionary thrust, it will either turn out well or badly. So it's up to us. So I, as I look at you, Barbara, I see a woman who has born children. I see a woman that has born many creative projects and aspirations, who has been a true change agent in the world and is very vital and alive and continues to birth new things. There are also so many women, and if we look at politics, that have become men. They have forgotten that balancing of the masculine and the feminine. And then there's a third sect of women that have forgotten their power altogether. And they neither stand in their masculine power, nor do they stand in their feminine power. Can you speak to those various levels of women and what needs to happen to allow us to become vital co-creators and birthers of a new reality? Well, I think usually what's needed is enough freedom to do it and examples of others who are already doing it. So if you're in a culture where you get killed if you're going to drive a car or if you're going to, you know, get out of, if you're, going to, if, if you're not going to have your face in, in, masked, if that culture will kill you to do that, then you have in, terrible inhibitions. And, and that's, those are tremendously repressive cultures. Then if you're not in a repressive culture but you don't have a sense of your own potential and nobody's ever been an example for you, you're very apt to accept less than who you are because there's no example. So one of the reasons I feel it's so important to bring forth the women who, like yourself, I can tell in the way you talk, who are imbued with an evolutionary impulse of creativity and you're manifesting it in your life's work doing this, this uh, Voice America radio. And I'm doing it in my life. And what I find is whenever I get near, I, I'm mainly a teacher and a, a, a co-creator, is that women who have this impulse within themselves respond deeply. And that's why I'm now co-founding the evolutionary family of humanity because I think it's a human type. We're an archetype. And this is in women and men and in every culture, in every state of being, in every degree of education. I mean, I've known gang leaders in Los Angeles where young, young 10-year-olds could analyze why they had violence. They, they got it. They're brilliant. They never talked to a policeman. They never talked to a welfare. They never talked to somebody like me. 
and I was in, asked to bring the gang leaders of Los Angeles into what we're calling the wheel of co-creation, which is a synergistic process of bringing all the parts together in a great circle rather than in rows of, of separation. And we had the major gangs of Los Angeles in that wheel with welfare mothers and police officers and science fiction writers. And we asked them, what do you want to create? They didn't want to create the violence. That's not their goal. They wanted to create something that expressed who they really are. It's not that. But they had to have a totally new structure and environment and talk to people who otherwise would be antagonistic to them, like police officers. And then the, we asked the police officers, what do you want to create? And the police officers really didn't want to contra- create a controlled society, but they were afraid. And so were the gangs. You know, you got into the reality of the situation. And then the people who were truly diabolical is a small minority. And, and they have to, be, have to be dealt with and handled some way. But not, that's not 90% of the problem. I mean, I think our prison system is outrageous, absolutely outrageous. It's read that a young man had been in solitary confinement for 20 years. Mm. Now, that's the big system being totally brutal, totally unacceptable. So those of us who are evolutionaries need to stand forth in every field and every function and show a better way. So there's a part of us, and I think you mention it when you talk about the media, and you mention it throughout the book where you speak about a lot of the pain and the war and the torture and the self-inflicted wounds that we have had, but yet we have forgotten, as Jesus tried to show us, that we are, we are good and that there are nothing but good deeds to be done, that there is a remembrance that has to occur, and part of that remembrance of being creator is remembering our goodness. How do we ground individuals in their goodness when people are so deeply grounded in the woundedness that they see instead? Well, I think going back to Jesus' life, he was so ahead of his time that he would walk through a village and heal people. He had unconditional love of everyone all the time, and he completely disrupted the existing social system of the scribes and the Pharisees who were running the show. And the, pe- the people who crucified Jesus, or who wanted him to be crucified and worked toward it, were the Jews. <clears throat> <clears throat> and so the Romans were brutal themselves in many, many ways, but in this particular case, it was the outrage of the scribes and the Pharisees the leaders of the Jewish culture that wanted him crucified because he would destroy that segmented, top-down social structure by his very presence. You can't live with unconditional love in the structured culture. So I don't think it's about getting back to when we were so good. I don't think we've ever been. Maybe if you, before agriculture when we were, you know, um, simply um, hunters and gatherers, possibly... But there's been violence all along. I personally think there's been a nervous system defect in our species 
and I would call it an exaggerated illusion of separation. An exaggerated illusion that we're separated from nature, from animals, from other humans, and from spirit. And that those who are members of the evolutionary family are in some deep way overcoming that illusion inside themselves so we don't feel separate. Barbara, I'd like to ask you what your vision for the future is. What would it be like if everything we know we can do actually works? I think it's as big a jump as self-conscious humans, Homo sapiens sapiens, was from Homo erectus. It's the next stage of evolution going the whole way with it, Homo universalis. And I can see, you know, we can restore the earth, free the people from separation, disease, hunger, poverty, like Jesus did. We can connect and communicate worldwide. We can begin to extend our nervous system and our intelligence. We can build new bodies that go into outer space and create a cosmic species ourselves. We can create a new species if we saw that it needs to go into the cosmos. And so the humans that can participate in this, the stage I'm at is I'm taking all of this personally. I have extended intelligence. I have extended capacities. Part of me went up into outer space with those astronauts. I was at the lunar landing. I know we can be universal. So if you, if you take this personally, you begin to become the new species yourself. I'm a member of the new. I am. And I'm inviting anybody who wants to recognize their newness, cultivate their love, to join together with me on evolve.org, join global communion, join global community, and come to the Falkirk if you're in the Bay Area tonight at 7 p.m. at San Rafael, because I have jumped out of the box I was in. I'm not just a teacher. I'm a co-creator with you. I'm a founder of the evolutionary family of humanity. I'm a founder of that, and I invite you to be a founder with me. That's what we need. What is this horrible tendency toward useless cruelty? The history of the human race is a saga of magnificent intelligence, constantly interlaced with hideous torture, often in the name of good, God, home, and the motherland. Is it true that our nervous system and brain are still evolving, that better connections are emerging between the old brain, the neocortex, and the spiritual facility? It must be so if we are to evolve to our next stage. For a creature whose emotions, reasoning mind, and spirit are misaligned could never handle the powers of co-creation. Only individuals capable of a full body, mind, heart, spiritual alignment can evolve. This is the key personal factor. This is from the Evolutionary Testament of Co-Creation, The Promised Will Be Kept, by Barbara Marks Hubbard. I invite you to connect with her at evolve.org. Find out about her evolutionary family call that happens every other Sunday, in addition to her appearance at Falkirk Cultural Center in San Rafael at 7 p.m. tonight. Until next week, in love, of love, with love, and as love, I am Simran. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality. 
Your heart to greater compassion and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.